Hello and welcome to this episode of the PPC Chat Roundup podcast of the Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. GMT. I'm your host, Anu, and I use this platform to share not just expert, but also my ideas and considered best practices about paid search, especially automation, paid media, and the direction the digital industry is going in. So if you want to keep up to date with my tips and tricks in the industry, or even just get my favorite script of the week, like, follow, or retweet on, you guessed it, Twitter, <laughs> on my handle, marketing anu underscore. So not underscore marketing anu. I was I'm thinking about changing that around. Anyway, for now, it's marketing anu underscore. Um, and yeah, and to see snippets and quotes from the previous podcast, just follow the dedicated podcast Instagram page, PPC chat underscore roundup. That's at PPC chat underscore roundup. So today we've got Julie Bicini, um, Julie Bicini even lead us um, on more of a fill in the blank of paid media topics of like, yeah, nice little medley of all the things that are, um, quite a few things that are um, important about paid media. Um, and this is a very nice one to get the honest opinions from our experts. And you know, if this is not your first time, you know how our experts can um, be very honest and not hold anything back. So um, no preamble today. I'm just going to get right into it. Um, so yeah, Julie goes, hello. And thank you all for joining, uh, joining me during this US holiday week. Yes, it's going to be Thanksgiving on Thursday. I'm very happy for them. And I'm glad that my team had such loads of things to be thankful for. Last, last Thursday, I made it a Thanksgiving um, meeting. No, no talking about work. Let's just uh, revel and try to pick out the good things that have happened this year. And as much as it's been a bit of a shell shock of a year, um, it's good to be able to, it's really a good feeling to be able to be like, actually, it wasn't all bad. These are the things I'm grateful for. Um, so yeah, fun chat. We're going to do a fun chat today. But first, what's your favorite part of the Thanksgiving meal? Never really had much of a Thanksgiving meal, but I love someone who does a good turkey with like a moist gravy, nice moist turkey um, and stuffing, love stuffing. Um, yeah, and El Chase agrees with me as well. He goes, my favorite part of the meal is the stuffing. Uh, Jordan Fry being together with the fam. Oh, wait, yeah. Mm. For me, I love stuffing and mashed potatoes. I do love mashed potatoes. They've done nice and creamy. Um, I ordered our sides from our local market this year, but I usually make one using focaccia, fennel, and sweet Italian sausage. Oh, that sounds nice. Um, half of my plate is reserved for sweet potato crisps, says Michael Fleming. It's pretty much dessert <laughs> before dessert. Mark Sulfur. Really goes, uh, my favorite part is the bottle of wine that ends up in front of me at the dinner table, but I don't think that is what you're really asking for, so I'll opt for stuffing as my final answer. Um, Cole Solswich um, replies, my favorite part is smelling the oven all day, so much anticipation. Um, Amanda of Bomber Marketing um, goes, my friend um, gave me her famous apple pie recipe and I am stoked. Ooh, love a good apple pie. So yeah, Julie goes straight into ask, asking the question saying, let's get started. Um, she goes, my daughter is very into Mad Libs right now. And this is going to, so this is going to be a fill in the blank uh, to complete the opinion type of chat today. And uh, so she starts with the first one saying branded search campaigns are dot, dot, dot. Um, Richard Fergie goes, branded search campaigns are good, but not as good as your analytics or conversion tracking suggests. And um, Dwayne Brown just goes, the best thing to slice next to sliced bread and <laughs> tons you can do around A-B testing, ad copy. Yves Segal replies, brand search campaigns are a necessary evil, but obligatory, especially in e-commerce where you are competing against 
other stockist. You should be competing on your competitors' brand terms and expect that they are competing on yours. Um, Julie Bettini replies, branded search campaigns bring your average CPCs down and can give a full sense of what your cost per acquisition actually is for those not looking specifically for your brand. Um, and then Dougar Thomas replies, branded search campaigns are a good barometer for the effectiveness of your less direct brand building efforts. Michael Fleming goes, uh, brand campaign, brand search campaigns um, are a great way to improve your overall accounts numbers for your reports. Um, Amada replied, the branded search campaigns are essential to defend the top search position from the competition. Yep, I, I believe that's um, definitely um, a big factor and that's what us at um, Brain Labs mainly use it for. Um, Mark Soltarelli says, brand campaigns um, are surrounded by sadness. <laughs> Why is it surrounded by sadness, Mark? I don't get that. Uh, Julia Vice replies, necessary now that personalization has essentially eliminated SERPs. Um, yeah, brand campaigns are... Uh, Pitta, P-I-T-A. Some clients need them to due to um, competitive bidding on their brand. Others want them for brand protection. Yeah, that's what we use them for. Others don't want them at all. And those are usually the ones who could use brand protection very much so. Um, and then, yeah, Mark continues saying, I'm um, being in B2B lead gen only. I only run branded when the brand has a ubiquitous name, doesn't rank first for their name, has ads on branded queries because of one or because competitors are, competitors are bidding on it, all very sad things. Amanda replies, don't you love it when clients have names like ABC Consulting? <laughs> yeah, when you've got a brand name that literally could also be any word. Like, let's say if a brand came out with the name Cheese or, you know, Clock, <laughs> Clock.com. That could be a bit hard to promote well. Um, and Mark replies, it's always the consultants too. I used to have a consulting clients where there are 10 plus companies with identicals, where there are 10 plus companies with identical names. Oh, that's a bit stressful. Brian um, Buroka replies to question one saying, extremely important to track and counter where necessary. Um, and then, yeah, Julie goes on to question two saying, competitor search campaigns are dot, dot, dot. Michael Fleming replies to question one, though, saying, a cheap way to get customers over the finish line. You've worked so hard to get to to perform a brand search. Um, and then we've got Amit Cabra replying to question one saying, yeah, branded search campaigns are so incredibly necessary. Study after study suggests that organic doesn't make up the lost conversions from a branded campaign. So why would I ever turn them off? I mean, unless it's performing horribly. Which begs me to think um, that might be, that sounds like a little bit... Um, What's the word? Um, anti each other, um, oh, ironic with in terms of the centers or a bit of an oxymoron. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, because yeah, if you say study after study suggests that organic doesn't uh, make up the loss of conversions, um, but if the performance is going horribly wrong, um, then yeah, you de definitely don't want to be doing brand search campaigns. And yeah, then you you're making up all your performance through organic search so um some study shows so I, I think it's all about the numbers um and it's not a must do the test you know and that's my answer to this do the test let the numbers see so brand search campaigns can be necessary and i won't say it's incredibly necessary and a must it can be necessary it can be useful let your data give you the final answer on that one 
And then we've got Michael Fleming replying to question two, saying harder to make profitable, usually not always towards the bottom of the priority list. Uh, Mark replies, competitor search campaigns are worth testing, but aren't for everyone. They bring down your overall quality score and can open a can of worms for competitors bidding on your brand. And yes, I agree with that answer as well. Again, my answer for a lot of this is going to be let the data tell you um, tell you whether you should be doing this or not. And it's the same for me for competitor search campaign. But I will also say um, that it's worth testing if you have a better offer than your competitor. If your offer, if what you're doing is not really stand out and you don't have anything exceptional USP wise, yeah, don't don't really go there and um, don't go against huge competitors. So don't necessarily go against Amazon, <laughs> you know, because, yeah, they're, they're going to beat you in that in that market space. But go against competitors where you clearly have an advantage and where they do have a, a you know, generous amount of like, search volume coming through there. Um, and you do have a good USP against that's where I'd say you should test competitor ter- competitor terms. But test and let the date tell you whether you should do it long term or not. Mark replied, continues saying, I generally do competitor campaigns working with a superior product and competitor customers um, are getting frustrated with their offering. Exactly. Competitors are bidding on our branded terms. There is a smaller universe of non-branded keywords available. Um, and yeah, so then we've got um, Dogar Thomas yeah, replying to Amit Cabra, where Amit had said branded search campaigns are so incredibly necessary. And Dog replies, yeah, absolutely. I think it's a huge opportunity for augmenting organic as well. If someone searches for a customer service number or closet, closest location or something, just provide it in the ads. That's good. That's a good point. Um, Julie replies, um, saying competitor search terms are worth throwing a few bucks at, especially if your audience is primarily mobile. As long as expectations are properly set as to how that campaign would likely perform, which is usually not great in terms of conversions. Cole Solswich replies to uh, question two, saying, yeah, competitor search campaigns are fun. Um, If getting revenge for those bidding on my client brands, otherwise I expect higher CPCs and lower conversion rates. Favorite approach is RLSA on competitor terms, impressions on folks still browsing marketing options. And yeah, I was actually going to say that another part of that would be doing good RLSAs. And Julie puts a very useful note saying, if you could put A1, A2 in your replies, it would make it easier on our recappers, for example, yours truly. Uh, so yes, that's, that'd be very useful. Um, Amanda then replies to question two saying competitor search campaigns are not my favorite. The CPCs are so high. I find it usually not worth it. Segal replies, shouldn't be a competitor names and leave it. Shouldn't just be competitor names and leave it. One of our clients used competitor campaigns to build a $1 million in revenue per month business. Wow. They say, so they should be well thought out, segmented and with landing pages like one would with normal generic campaigns. Damn, that's that's an amazing ROI or return on investment even. Um, Dogar Thomas replies to question two saying, almost always a last ditch idea. The user intent is usually very mismatched and you have to really carve out what you want to show on. And then there's a question of, can you actually compete with your competitor? Very true. Yeah, and that's the thing. If you can compete in terms of the space and the product and the space and the product and what customers are complaining about, yeah, that's when you do it. Um, and then, yeah, Sam replies, um, in reply to question one, saying to borrow a phrase from 
big big a little lee and who that is um aaron levy even um like tofu sublime in the hands of an expert disgustingly bad hot trash in the hands of an amateur that is pretty much every type of um campaign even like branded campaigns or generic campaigns or anything that you think oh yeah this would be an easy one in the hands in the hands of a bad marketer it will go go to go to shit excuse my french <laughs> julia vice replies to question two saying worthwhile if you have the budget and realistic expectations pro tip app campaigns are fire for conquesting sam replies to question two saying gadget plays in a football offense useful in certain situations and contexts but worthless budget destroyers in others i've done brilliantly well targeting a competitor brand term brand term plus cancel plus or unsubscribe unsubscribe for SaaS, for instance oh wow that's a good point like let if people are already searching on how to unsubscribe and they, you know the, the the their current company are finding it difficult you can get people to um yeah start working on start searching searching for your well you can serve them ads where me, meaning you can steal the competitor because that's you know they're already looking to get out of another deal um, Dwayne Brown replies to question two saying separates the marketers from the people who think they are marketers just printing money um, Julie replies to question three saying performance projections are amazingly useful um, although Dwayne Brown a waste of everyone's time <laughs> I get it. In a way, it's one of those things about forecasting. What is, and um, yeah, Julie then uh, adds a note saying this one is for you, Timothy Jensen. Um, I think it's important to have a little bit of a baseline uh, compared to past performance about how well you're going to do. If it's if it's brand new performance, yeah, projected performance can be a little bit of a, yeah, finger in the air. Only God knows what's going to happen. Um, it's 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 very much like like witchcraft and looking into like you know a um, a magic ball of to see what your future is going to be. We really can't tell, if, especially if there's no data, past data to work off from. And then we've got Dougar Thomas replying to question two. Um, giving another answer to question two, saying there's definitely the Xerox problem though. If a brand owns the market, you can and should run competitor campaigns, but you better have some kind of worthwhile distinction. Michael Fleming replies to question three, saying making crap up. So yeah, that's what he thinks about performance projections. And then we've got Sam replying to question three saying a secret weapon to identify hidden value. If you understand what a good prediction of budget models does model does and what it doesn't do, if you don't or don't educate your client, well, it's a reason agencies get fired. Mm, interesting. Call um, Solzwage replies um, to question three saying frustrating at best. They usually end up causing more questions than they answer. I do see the appeal for budgeting sake, but with the current landscape and Google's rampant changes, Hmm, dot, dot, dot. Doug R. Thomas replies to question three saying performance projections are great once you're in the account to say, hey, based on this curve, if we tripled the spend, we should see two times, um, 2.5 times revenue ahead of time. Unless you're really informed, there's too many variables and it's just a big number sales pitch. Yeah, pretty much what I said. If you have previous data and previous years data, yeah, you can do a vague like, you know, yeah, if we add, if we continue to add spend, we'll continue to, you know, increase revenue and get this amount of ROI, but if it's brand new activity, no previous data, it is really very much finger in the air. Amanda replies to question three saying performance projections are, on the other hand, well, he, she puts like, yeah, an upside down smiley face. Um, but she goes, on the other hand, I'm a fan of managing expectations, but on the other hand, 
other hand, they are hugely time-consuming if done right, and I'd rather spend that time improving the account and making money. And yeah, one of the worst tasks I ever was um, given to do was to do projections of of um, for 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 a client that I used to work on, and honestly, with little to no previous data, and it was like project months and months like uh the monthly performance that is gonna ha- happen not just oh just put in a graph like literally each month how it what's the impressions gonna be clicks cpc um and yeah revenue for it it was painful and i'm glad i was only at that company for three months um and yeah you Segal replies to question three something that the client like to have to make them to give them a sense of control but it's a what happens when you combine mathematics and guesswork from the left nostril in Interesting. Um, Julie replies to question three saying performance projections are really hard to do and yet everyone wants them. My favorite related type question is how much should we spend? Yeah. Well, how much money do you have? Really? That is going to be the important thing. And I'll tell you what your performance will be like based on the budget. Julia Vice replies um, to question three saying a pain in the butt. Planning tools are missing a lot and clients don't always remember that these platforms are auctions which is caused to built in uncertainty. Um, and then, yeah, we've got uh, Michael Fleming replies to um, Dogger Thomas, where Dogger said performance projections are great once you're in the account to say, hey, based on this curve, if we triple the spend, we could see two times, 2.5 times of revenue. Michael replies in audits, I will just give a range like 30 to 70% improvement. That tends to satisfy the prospect while at the same time communicating, we have no idea. Yeah, 30 to 70% improvement. That is such a varied, it could, it could be low improvement, but or, or amazingly well. That, yeah, that if, if I hear that, it definitely gives me the idea of this person does not know. <laughs> Mark uh, Saltarelli read the replies to question three says um, performance projections are meh. Um, I will pull volume metrics to plan for spend, but that's it. It can become a distraction for clients and it doesn't help with planning enough to be worth the time for me. It's better to set goals based off of rowing and focus on that. Very true. Um, Julie replies, Julie then gives us question four, even saying the sales funnel is dot, dot, dot in terms of relative to PPC. Um, Amanda replies, she gives another answer to question three, saying, when I left my last agency to start my own biz, I was training a team member on how I did monthly projections for clients. She said, it seems like you're just guessing. <laughs> Talk about quarter. Um, I hope that person stayed because that's the kind of person you need on your team. Someone who's just yeah going to be able to see the truth in the middle of all the BS. <laughs> Dogger Thomas then um, goes on to question, uh, answers question four, saying sales funnels are a fine mental model. So long as you keep in mind that they're just like personas in that they don't actually represent any one user, but it actually helps organize intent matching, KPI setting, and what points to emphasize in and add. And I'm not even going to add any answer to that one. I think that's a perfect answer. And I totally agree with Doug. Um, Julia Vice replies, proof that you need to do awareness along with performance. Yes, that's true. Like bottom, um, top of funnel for branded and um, bottom of funnel for direct marketing and like PPC um, and direct kind of leads kind of searches. Um, Julie replies to question four saying the sales funnel is only kind of relevant to PPC. We tend to think Build ad initiatives assuming that people neatly follow the steps of the funnel when they just don't. It is fine as an underlying foundation for PPC, but should not be the be-all, 
end all. Mark Saltarelli replies to question 14. The sales funnel is a great tool for making reporting on long-term PPC performance and gathering data to make decisions. Uh, Michael Fleming replies to it, saying critical to understand how to set expectations, analyze, report, gather insights, and optimize. If you don't, you will make bad, dis- bad decisions with campaigns. Yale um, Consulting replies to question four, saying the other half of the equation, PPC brings a horse to water. The sales funnel makes it drink. Mm. I really want to be like I need I I I need Yale to expand on that because that really for me doesn't answer the question at all. How how yeah PBC brings a horse to water the sales funnel makes it drink. Yeah, I don't get that. I need further explanation on that one. Does does anyone get it? You want to reply to me on that one? That'll be great. Thanks. <laughs> And then we've got um, Dwayne Brown replying to question four saying a state of mind. Um, So yeah, interesting. (laughs) The sales funnel is a state of mind. Um, Yeah, I love Dwayne's answers. So um, Julie Redden replies, um, Julie gives us question five even saying the most overrated thing in PPC is um, that it works in silo. That literally all you need to do is do PPC and you'll get all your sales and revenue. That annoys me so much. You need to do um, SEO. You need to do um, good CRO. You need they. We need to be sending people to you know optimized landing pages. Um, some products will need social media as well for PPC to work well. So yeah, overrated thing is that yeah it works on its own because actually it's not even that's not even about being overrated. That's just that it's an it's it's a big lie about um ppc but yeah it is overrated as well um yeah and then when brown answers question five quality score yeah we used to do a lot of calculating of quality score and i feel like in a way if you actually the higher you had your quality score the cheaper your cpcs were but you know don't don't hang your performance on quality score and sometimes the keywords with the with poor cpc will have great revenue and great um yeah return on investment so know what your success metrics are and it's usually not quality score yesegal replies to question four saying important depending on the industry or purchase involvement kpis current performance and budget limitations for e-com higher funnel stages are subsidized by high rowers at bottom of funnel in b2b or in more involved purchases it's more necessary for competitiveness and growth um yale consultant replies question five saying google's account managers aka google's free expert help <laughs> um yeah oh yeah google account managers are definitely an overrated ppc thing because uh, all they do is just sell upsell ppc and paid paid their paid search solutions cole soldridge replies question four saying a uh, messy for me for my b2b e-com clients it's complex there are so many outlier um, orders and a lot of interesting cart behavior. Yusigar replies to question five saying rules or scripts are overrated. Yes, Lord, if I'm following you, I might just unfollow you right now. Like what? You are saying scripts are under are overrated? Oh, considering we did um a um a in our in our CRO meeting today for our side and we saw that um, our scripts had so much interaction. It's one of the most interacted, interactive parts of our, one of the pages that is most is most interacted with across our website. Ugh. The data for us, yeah, 
goes against that. Yes, sorry, can't agree with you on that one. Um, and then Mark Saltarelli replies to Dwayne, and when he said, when Dwayne said quality score is overrated, Mark replied literally, yes, I can think of a single ad platform that has a version of quality score that actually means anything substantial. Microsoft's isn't terrible, but it's not like I pay attention to it. Like, yeah, who does really? And then we've got Dogar Thomas replying to question five saying the most overrated thing in PPC is the speed at which things change. Yeah, little stuff changes, the overall strategy doesn't. That doesn't mean that your overall method, mentality, strategy or tactics won't change. You're getting better at doing what it's always been. I like that. That's a very, very good answer. Yeah, things change a lot it doesn't mean your strategy needs to and it's not about and and i'm doing this amazing um, mini mba course with mark ritson where he goes like literally doing this ppc you're getting down to the tactics as long as we're following the overall strategy of the product um the, these big changes in like the ppc platform or what google does um yeah shouldn't make us panic for long term yes it's annoying when they remove searches but it just means we need to have tight, tighter strategy and that's just making you do your, your job better so you shouldn't really fret that much um and so yeah cory hank replies to question five saying 100 percent attribution is overrated Ooh. Some of the companies that base their their companies around attribution will I disagree with that. Although to be fair, I have in the several years I tried to work with attribution, and Julie agrees with this. Um, I've not really seen a, a company that has really knocked it out of the park or has done it in a way that has made me go, oh yes, I believe in this now. Um, Amanda replies to question five saying the most overrated thing in PPC is getting fancy with ad copy. People don't read. You're better off spending time on optimizations that will move the needle. Yeah, I think it's all about get have an impactful headline, like the first two. I literally grab people with that um, and yeah, you're good to go. Um, Julie replies to question five as well, saying the most overrated thing in PPC is attribution. It's not anywhere near 100%, even though all of the platforms present it as though it were. I think we definitely should move away from last click, like literally making it seem like if the the the, the platform that had the, the best conversion on last click is that, that means it's the only thing that um, that's working. There is There are different paths to the journey. I do also 100% believe that display plays more of a weight than we give it credit for. Um, and it's really attribution that really allows us to see that, that has only been able to, you know, perform some, yeah, algorithmic wizardry to show us that display is working better than um, the last click data does show. So, um, and even, yeah, paid social as well. Those kind of like mo mostly like audience-based um, advertising, um, it's attribution that has really proved its worth. So, um, I will, yeah, I will contribute that saying that it has an attribution platforms have not done an amazing job of, of proving its validity, but they have helped with spending more in, um, yeah, audience, yeah, wide audience searches. Um, Corey Hank replies to question four saying, great for explaining to clients how it looks, but it will change and never look the same. And so, yeah, in terms of, um, funnel um, um michael Fleming replies to question five in terms of overrated overrated he says bidding is ev if everything else isn't great it is bad lipstick on a pig mm, yeah i think i don't think bidding is overrated i think bidding you know works well yes uh cigar says um in terms of what's overrated gives another one saying performance planner 
Um, not sure about that one either. Mark Sorcerelli replies to question five saying the most overrated thing in PPC is automated recommendations across the board. 100%. Whether it's suggested bids, suggested TCPA, optimization, score recs, um, creative recs, etc. It's all quite off on every platform. Julie then goes on to question six saying the most underrated thing in PPC. Um, a good, a good worded ad copy. As, I, as much as I do have said, like, I, I do agree, I think it was with Amanda that said that, you know, putting so much time and effort into ad copy. I do think it is really important to highlight your USPs and, and focus on the headlines. I think that's underrated and, you know, like spell, doing spelling mistakes. Um, that's also underrated. Not checking your links and making sure it's directing people to the right part of your landing page or the right part of your website or to a page that isn't a 4-4 error. That's also underrated. People just set links and forget about it, not to actually measure what's going on there because that's how your conversions don't work well. You'll just send a whole bunch of traffic and it could be things that people are searching for, people want to buy from you. You send them to a wrong page, you lose the conversion. Um, and then, yeah, Julia Vice replies to question five saying instant activity or results. It's way faster than broadcast out of home, but time is still linear. My little fingies still need to tapity tap to make it happen. Michael Fleming replies to question six saying brand strength, creative and offers, in other words, good marketing. And then we've got um, Cole Solzwich replying to question five saying automation within ad platforms. There's so much that so many of us disagree with or don't yet trust on the automation side. There is a lot of room for growth with it, though. Test, test and test first. Um, yeah, is it? Oh, this is him saying that this is what's uh, a bit overrated. Cole, yeah, yeah. This is the, this is not going to work well with me. Actually, within ad platforms, so automation in terms of yeah scripts, he's not talking about, but within ad platforms, uh, yeah, overrated. Um, us not being able to see things and and Google Ads hiding the data. Yes, don't like that. Sorry. I agree with you, Cole. Definitely agree with you. Um, Ryan Bennion replies to question six in manual work. Automating everything is the is not the way to go. So. Um, and this is in answer to question six, where the most underrated thing is, he says, manual work. Oh, he's gay. So underrated, manual work, automating everything is not the way to go. Yeah, definitely automating everything is not the way to go. But automating what can be automated for a speedy strategist, you know, speedy strategist kind of way of doing, which is one of our values at Brain Labs, um, is definitely a plus. Um, it's very a good thing. Yeah, don't automate everything. And I also think even when you automate, have a careful eye on it as to because, yeah, what you've automated could go wrong. The language could have changed. Um, um, Google could have changed, like, you know, how you're supposed to do the semantics um, for a command to always check that out um but yeah ryan continues as um silicon valleys or fred fred valleys uh, frederick valleys says um human plus ai computer is the best solution yep automate where necessary but know that you provide value in seeing human or customer behaviors that computers can't i agree with that um yes Segov replies to um is it yeah question six um where uh, julie had said the most underrated thing is doing um on the most underrated thing is in PPC is doing regular competitor search. I do manual searches to see what searches are like to see and use tool which help with this as well. Use replies, which tools do you recommend for good competitor search? Um, Julie goes, we, sh we should do a chat on this topic. Um, 
yeah, and and definitely we could have several talks about doing competitor research well. Um, and then, yeah, he replies to question six again saying ad variation testing is um, underrated, he says. Um, and yeah, we should do more of it. Yes, I agree with that. And then we've got um, Julie giving us our last question of the day, um, inspired by a thread started by um, Kirk Williams or P- at PPC Kirk, who has come out with an amazing, um, a great book um, called uh, Pondering of, Ponderings of a PPC Professional. So yeah, Ponderings of a PPC Professional is on Amazon. Buy it, you will, you know, get have great, get great insights about um, paid search. I'm sure shopping as well. He's the king of shopping um, of Zeta Marketing. So I highly recommend you um, read that. But yeah, Julie continues with um, the question to... Um, continues with question seven saying what controversial or against the grain PPC opinion do you have that has not been covered yet? Um, I think, and this is something that, um, um, our CEO Dan Gilbert, um, said about Facebook, about the fact that we really should, we, we really should like put, pull the heat off them with a whole, it's Facebook's decision and it's Facebook's, um, idea in terms of like special like data privacy and, um, hiding the data regulators. They, you know, the government needs to get better regulators with doing things, uh, properly, um, and, um, put, put those measures in place on what Facebook should, what rules Facebook should put. You do not get the person who's the committing the crime to set the rules as to what's right or wrong. Um, a very, um, I know extreme example that I gave a friend was you don't get a rapist to actually decide what the, the age of, of, of sexual consent is. Um, and yeah, now that sounds like, you know, like very, a drastic example. Um, but honestly, if you think things in that drastic ways, it, it kind of thing, it then brings you to the whole you do not get want facebook to give in its rules it's going to make the rules um for it to favor in themselves to um, make more money and continue to shoo out the competition so the government needs to work on that mark saltarelli replies to question six saying the most underrated thing in ppc is post-conversion experience it can be too easy to just focus on conversions and not think about what we and other stakeholders should do post-conversion follow-up suppression typ optimization additional conversion Ops. Amanda replies to question six saying the most underrated thing in PPC is having an expert run your Google shopping strategy. Too many people set it and forget it. Um, well, if the person is an expert, um, they won't do that. So yeah, we need to redefine what expert is there, Amanda, definitely. Um, and so yeah, we've got Ryan Benning going piggybacking a, a little about where Mark said the most underrated thing in PPC is post-conversion experience. It can be too easy to just focus on conversions and not think about what we and other stakeholders should do post-conversion, follow-up, suppression, TYP, uh, optimizations. Ryan replies to that, piggybacking a little, repeat purchase rate as well in B2B, Walls. If you had a solid product and a solid customer experience, your numbers are going to look even better. How to test this theory? Try selling drop shipped merch with no CX one and done. <laughs> Stephen Pepper replies: Drop shipping is the worst. Terrible shipping times, bad product quality, expensive products from the US. Um, I've been doing drop servicing with a child panel on um, Lighttide.com, and it's so much better. It's drop shipping, but with addictive. Um, instant digital services. Rand replies to that saying, think about how it's going to be in a few weeks when everything is backed up and the CNY. Um, I think Amazon is the only one that comes out 
of a shipping out a shipping winner this year and that's only fba shipped delivery by amazon stuff going to get interesting for sure and then we've got some Julie answering question seven, saying there is not just one right way to do anything in PPC. Those that preach that drive me nuts. Yep, this job is all about the mental flexibility to imagine and try and test and iterate. You can start from anywhere and sometimes that seems like um, on what seems like it will work doesn't. Yeah, and what seems sometimes you think wouldn't work will work. So Test and learn, test and learn. Yi Segal replies to question seven saying there should be more controls and regulations put on ad networks like Google. PPC doesn't always work. While there's definitely a lot of performance and behavioral science and data in the end, good performance is a combination of good planning, exe- good planning execution and luck. Um, yeah, and that honestly, I will, that will be an answer that I will agree with years on. So, okay, years, you've got me back. You, you will be back in. Um, and then Amanda, uh, no, Amanda had replied to uh, Mark's answer to question six, where Mark had said the most underrated thing in PPC is post-conversion experience. Um, and um, yeah, Mark continues that with saying, I work in B2B, so I focus a lot on how I can get content leads to request a demo or demo leads to schedule a meeting. If more leads become customers, that's more revenue without launching anything new or spending more. This can still be applicable outside of lead gen though. Um, and then, yeah, Michael Fleming replies to question seven, saying, said this yesterday, but audits are generally unproductive and useless. Um, I don't know. It can be quite good uh, for it. Uh, we'll see. Um, well, we'll see, I guess. I think try it. It's something I'd say, I'd honestly just say try. Julie then continues to answer question seven, saying branding and awareness um, advertising are not a waste of resources. People need a reason to buy from you and seeing a search ad is generally not enough on its own. It is a very worthwhile investment. Direct rowing on those ads can be damned. Uh, yeah, direct rowing on those ads be damned even. <laughs> um, um, and yeah, Sean Ellie replies to question two saying rarely, rarely, rarely worth it even. Um, Yale Consulting replies to question seven saying don't post keywords, bid exactly what it's worth and add negatives to help it perform better. Yeah, leave a keyword for a while before you yeah discount it. Uh, maintaining a full evergreen systematic account structure based on the keywords easy to find a keyword confirm you have full market coverage and transition accounts so yes make sure you have a good account structure i oh, yeah totally agree, agree with that one that that one did not yeah sound mysterious to me <laughs> so yeah julie then brings us to the end of our lovely mad libs um chat today she says thank you for a great chat in this season of thankfulness i am truly thankful for you all this community is like no other i am so proud to keep it going and interact with you all every week wishing you all a wonderful thanksgiving and yeah wishing um, um my american counterparts a wonderful thanksgiving i don't know if i'll have a chance to eat some turkey maybe i'll grab like a nice um thanksgiving a turkey sandwich from our local supermarket <laughs> at some point we like doing those festive um kind of sandwiches um and they they can be quite yummy if you get a good one um so yeah i hope you found that chat useful i hope you've you 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 know got got some good info about what's underrated overrated you know the you know sales funnel um branding yeah and competitor what to do with competitor again 
test and look at the data. You know, many studies may have been done about that that proves a hypothesis, um, but it doesn't always mean that that hypothesis hypothesis will work exactly for you because there'll be different factors that might make something not work, whether it's the competitors, whether it's the market, whether it's, you know, something else. Bad weather, you know, even bad weather can get people to act differently. So always look out for those things and always look out for your data for it to inform you what you should be doing. Um, so yeah, I hope you found that talk useful, taking some great takeaways. And um, if you want to chat about this topic or any of uh, any of my paid media um, or data analysis solutions, do get in touch with me um, by yeah, following me on Twitter, sending me a message on Twitter um, with the handle marketinganu underscore at marketinganu underscore. Um, and remember for your campaigns and businesses to glide smoothly, there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye.